Welcome to the Linting from Lent podcast brought to you by Shambly Methodist Church. I'm Eric Lee, one of the pastors. And I'm Stacy Rushing, the other pastor. We're excited to join you on this journey for a seven episode podcast where we are going to be discovering joy and Lent together. And our inspiration for this podcast is a book by Max O. Vincent, Because of This I Rejoice. We hope you will all pick up a copy and join us in this conversation. So Eric, let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to this episode of our Lenten podcast, Linting from Lent, as we follow along in the book, Because of This I Rejoice by Max Vincent. Uh, this week, we're going to be addressing the topic of joyful hospitality. And um, I'm thankful to have Pastor Stacy with me as always. And we have a special guest, Linda King. Uh, Linda's got a deep and rich history with this church and currently serves on our staff as the coordinator for membership care and hospitality. So it's fitting that she would be our guest as we have this conversation. Uh, Linda, would you want to kick us off just by telling folks a little bit about what you do on staff? Sure. Um, as Eric said, I'm in, responsible for hospitality and member care, which those two things kind of interweave together for me. <clears throat> uh, I try to keep in touch with all of our older members and make sure they're having contact from somebody. And I welcome all of our visitors and members on Sunday mornings when we're in person. And hopefully that will be the same uh, as we go back into the building soon. And I um, also uh, try to meet with new members or guests who have been coming long-term and just talk to them about what their interests might be and where they might get involved in the church as they come in. And I will say, Linda, I appreciate the fact that even in this time of uh, distancing and worshiping virtual or outdoors, that uh, I know you are still connecting with new people when they reach out or show up. I mean, I'm, I'm amazed at the people that we hear from that are connecting with the church, even though we're online for the most part. And uh, so I appreciate that even in this virtual setting, that we're still extending hospitality and you do that on behalf of the church. And I'm thankful for it. Linda, I'm so excited you're here because I think uh, your perspective, especially after reading uh, this week's chapter about hospitality from Max's book, uh, you can help us think differently and broaden how we normally think about hospitality. And one quote that jumps out to me is literally the last sentence of the chapter. It says, hospitality expands our world and helps us grow in our knowledge and love of God and neighbor. I just think that's so powerful. So I was wondering if you would talk to us a little bit about how in your own faith life, hospitality has helped you grow in love of God and neighbor. Sure. Um, I grew up in uh, Atlanta in a single mom household, and we were Seventh-day Adventists, and um, we were pretty poor. I was on uh, government assistance, and our church uh, was our support and people in our church always were willing to, you know, send us home after a potluck with all the leftovers or um, offer hand-me-down clothes for my brother and I. And um, we never felt any different than any of the other people that were there. And um, it was just a great way to grow up, um, having that hospitality from the people in the church. And, you know, we got invited to, uh, dinners with the pastor, just like everybody else would. So it, uh, it's kind of in my DNA that, that, you know, uh, that's what you do, you know? 
Yeah. I love that about hospitality is when you receive it, it feels so good. You want to share it. Right. Um, it's, but it has such an interesting context too, with church and the South in general, I think. We right. Have all yeah. these conventions around hospitality, right? I mean, I remember having people over as a kid and the rush to clean the house and put everything out. And, uh, you know, we just have all these customs about it, um, which I think sometimes when we talk about hospitality as a faith practice, people get nervous. Like, I wonder if people think like, if we say that, you know, as part of our faith, we're hospitable, it means we're going to make you host people at your house every week and you have to get out the punch bowl and the crystal and the tea sandwiches, you know, (laughs) really. It's interesting to me to see, um, like uh, when I was serving at Roswell, I was a Stephen minister and uh, one of our kind of education weekends, we did um, a service on a Friday night where we went out into the community and um, delivered pizza to some of the homeless people. And um, there was a gentleman who was a Stephen minister and he was an amazing Sunday school teacher in a, in a big Sunday school class, but he was terrified to go deliver this pizza to these strangers. And I just couldn't fathom what the difference was in that hospitality. And um, so he asked me if he could just kind of uh, shadow me and watch. And um, you all know that I'll talk to anybody. So it's not a problem for me to go up to anybody. And we ended up in a laundromat um, where a lot of people came to do their laundry. And um, so he, he finally, after I had been talking to this woman who was looking at pictures on her phone of her dog and stuff. And I started talking to her about her dog and he finally relaxed a little bit and kind of engaged. Um, But it's, uh, it's always interesting to me, the, the gifts that people have um, that they use. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, Stacey, just you talking about the conventions around hospitality, the customs that we may be familiar with. I I think about the two things that, that, I remember in the, that kind of practice. One is cleaning up. So, you, you know, you, you put everything away, you shove it in the closet or whatever, and, you know, you hit it with a dust rag or a vacuum and uh, hope they don't open the closet. And and then you, like you said, you put out the punch bowl or, you know, the, the fine linens or um, place settings and those kind of things. And, and I, I think just for hospitality as a spiritual practice, you know, I, I appreciate the notion that, one, we want to make space for the guest in our lives and in our faith. So we, we, maybe we declutter as a way to make space, right? That, um, and, and then we want to offer the best of ourselves um, to them. And so when we're putting out the finer things, maybe it's a, spiritually speaking, it's a, it's a concept or a practice that we adopt of, of wanting to give the best of ourselves to the guest, um, as well as make room and make space for them. And, and I, I think there is something there about Christian hospitality, about making space um, for the guest or the other yeah. uh, in our lives and in our faith that, that helps make us whole, um, make us more of who God created us to be, not only personally, but corporately. Yeah. And sometimes we need to go out of the building to make that space for people. Um, you know, like our Thanksgiving food drive, there's so many people that we go to and our Huntley Hills 
uh, backpack buddies, we go to them. And, um, you know, I think we need to take those even a step further and, you know, get to know the families at Huntley Hills and um, have some closer relationships in showing God to the people. Mm. Yeah, I talk about it a little bit in the sermon. I won't go into it all right here, uh, but but the fact that even that understanding and that word that's used for welcome or hospitality in the scripture that we read in Philippians that, you know, and Max references it in the book, uh, there's a, it's not a passive thing. It's not a waiting on and, and accepting or welcoming when someone arrives, but it's an active, it's a, it's a, it's a concept of moving toward, of going to, of anticipating and expecting and going to um, someone that that's just as much part of hospitality. Yeah, I agree, Linda. Yeah, and I love how Max points out in the book too, when we look at scripture and sort of the prime examples of hospitality, of course, he brings up the part in Hebrews where we can entertain angels unaware, but he also points all the way back to that wonderful story of Abraham and literally entertaining <laughs> heavenly host. And, and I think you're right, Eric, sometimes we sit back and passively wait, or maybe even actively hope no one will come and bother us, right? That's sort of the era we've moved into as people and as individuals. But what our faith teaches us is when we open ourselves to those encounters, we will be blessed. And I love how he points out that hospitality, yes, there is a blessing for the other, but we can't lose sight of the fact that when we open that space in our homes, in our lives, in our churches, whether people are being welcomed into the church or we are going out of the church, like Linda said, we, we stand to encounter God. Yeah. And, and grow in our own faith and our understanding of life, um, of love. Um, I, I've, I've said this before. Uh, maybe I've said it at Shambly in a sermon. I know I've said it in sermons before when talking about the church and, and particularly, um, Hospitality, welcoming new people, um, new lives, new blood into the church is that, you know, if a church doesn't have a steady or regular influx of new people, of guests, um, then it gets a little stale. And, and one way I described it is the, uh, the spiritual gene pool gets shallow, you know, and you run the risk of a little uh, spiritual inbreeding if, uh, if you don't keep the gene pool deepened. And um, so the church needs, I mean, we individually and then corporately as a church, we need to experience uh, guests and new people. And um, we, we need that experience of hospitality. It grows and deepens us and makes us, I believe, into more of who the fullness, the wholeness of who God created us to be. I also love in the Bible how many stories there are about people meeting in homes um, you know, and Jesus, I mean, he didn't have a building. He went to people's homes and met people for picnics, you know, <laughs> and um, a lot of food going on. But um, it, it seems that that is the model for us. And, and we need to do that more. Mm. Yeah, Linda, uh, I took a team several years ago from a different church to a conference in Ohio. And uh, it was at a Methodist church, one of the biggest ones in the country. And uh, we were we were coming from a church plant, so we didn't have a lot of disposable uh, budgetary money. So I'd contacted that church and asked if they had people who would host us rather than us have to have hotel bills. And we'd take about a dozen people and they had, I don't know, four or five homes 
of staff members of the church who agreed to host us in their homes for the conference. And so me and a couple other people um, stayed in the homes, uh, in the home of a woman who was on staff and her husband. And, um, you know, we had planned to go to the conference to attend certain workshops and hear certain speakers and learn specific things. Uh, But by the time we left to come back home, I found that the time I spent in the home of somebody on the staff having informal conversation about ministry and about life and about that church and sort of their history and trajectory and values, um, I learned more in that moment or grew more uh, in those moments with them in their home than I did necessarily at the conference. And we develop a relationship that stayed with me uh, to today. I'm still in touch with them. They, you know, we've, they'd helped me in ministry even after that conference and even after that church, when I'd moved on um, to other churches. So yeah, I agree with you. There's something about being in each other's homes um, Mm -hmm. and and experiencing hospitality that we, uh, we grow in our faith in ways that we wouldn't otherwise and probably didn't expect. And, and it, it connects you to more and more people. You know, the more people you receive, they connect you to somebody else and they connect you to somebody else. And it's, you know, like a multi-level marketing thing. You just keep going and growing. And uh, that's the whole point, right? It's a hospitality pyramid scheme. Is that what we <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we call it that? Mary Kay of faith. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> But you know, you're so right. And, and just talking about this, Linda, I was reminded of how grateful I was, and I know others on our staff were, that you recently hosted us distanced and masked in your home. We hadn't seen each other in a year. And and just being in your home, I felt like I knew more about you. And then I also got to meet people brought, you know, family members or partners. And it was like, you just kind of got a fuller sense of, of who we are. And it's kind of an interesting, I think, benefit of Zoom. This is going to sound strange, but you're with people oftentimes in their homes and you can see whatever portion of their home they want to show you. But I've, in this season, as challenging as Zoom has been, I've enjoyed the impromptu visits of like a cat jumping on someone's lap or a puppy or a stray kid, you know, like running through, which might happen in here. You know, it just, it humanizes people. And I've heard stories even about uh, working, about professionals who, who being on calls when people can see the bigger sense of them in their home, uh, as they welcome you into a different place in their life, you just have a greater appreciation for the person you're speaking to. And that's always been my experience when I've been welcomed uh, by folks into the church or into their homes. It's just like you, you grow a connection there because you just... I think the word he uses in the book when he's talking about how Paul instructs them to welcome is, is with love and respect. And you just respect a new piece of them. Yeah. And there's something unifying about that um, among us Mm -hmm. that kind of like I was saying with that conference, you know, you move beyond the presentation and the professional um, to more of the personal and practical that, you know, this is, we're all living a real life here. Um, the ups and downs, the good and the bad and everything in between. And when we practice that hospitality and receive it, um, yeah, we find joy in knowing that my kid's not the only one that runs through the screen or my cat's not the only one that jumps on the keyboard. Yeah. And you went there as strangers and then you came out as friends Mm. and, and that's the joy too of, you know, having new people in your life that you share these common 
um, values and stories and experience with like a mission trip. You know, if you've been on a week long mission trip, you will never lose touch with those people. You, you shared something deep and, and spiritual, you know, that, you know, that makes me think when, uh, Dalton and I traveled in college to Mozambique and, we were working on helping build a church. And uh, this for me connects hospitality because so often we think we're the one who have the thing to offer. How often we're hosting, you know, we have to have the nicest thing or the nicest house to host someone. And on the last day of the trip, the community that we were working with in Mozambique hosted us under this beautiful shade tree that we had been eating lunch under and they brought us all. And this seems simple enough, but cans of soda, like Fanta, glass bottles of Fanta. And, but for them, it was such a sacrifice, but it was their pleasure to host us and to be hospitable towards us. And it made me realize in my own faith life, how many rules and how much pretense I put over what I need to have to be able to be a person of hospitality, when really all we're required as faith is to open ourselves and give what we have to another person. And sometimes in just receiving that hospitality, we're transformed by the encounter. I had an experience. Um... This is several years ago. I was down uh, around like Ponce and Boulevard in that area. And um, there was a homeless man at, at a red light. And um, I decided to give him a dollar, which I don't always do. But and so I rolled my window down and, um, you know, he was all scraggly and everything. And I said, you know, I'd love for you to take this. And then I, I almost said, can I pray for you? And then something told me that I needed him to pray for me. And so I said, I, I held his hand and I said, would you pray for me? And he spoke the most eloquent prayer over me. And I, it brings tears now because I started crying when he prayed with me. And um, I was just blown away uh, and received such a deep blessing from him. It was crazy. Yeah, I think that's, Linda, you, you tapped into something there, the sort of the, the deeper undercurrent mm -hmm. of the joy that we find in hospitality, um, how we are blessed, formed, and shaped by others. And, and to me, particularly in a church setting or in the Christian setting, I, I think this is where we flesh out the difference between hospitality and assimilation, you know, that, that there's a sense in which if we're truly practicing hospitality, then, then welcoming someone else into our presence, into our midst, uh, is formative for us. We make space for them to be who God created them to be, knowing that that uh, deepens us and, and deepens our community's joy and, and faith, um, as opposed to you know, expecting people to come and be just like us or, right. you know, fit this mold in order to be part of me or part of us. Um, but, but rather there's a way in which we are formed and shaped by their presence and what they bring. Yeah. And, and even like you talked about last week, um, about the humility of, um, we have so many volunteers at our church that do things behind the scenes that nobody, you know, knows about really. And what a blessing to the people they serve. And they don't care if anybody knows about it. They are receiving the blessing. Hmm. That is so powerful. Linda, as 
we wrap up our time together, I wanted to see if I could call on you. You, you had shared with me that you have your grandmother's Bible Yes. and in her Bible, you found a, a gift, if you will, from her about hospitality. I was wondering if you would share that with everyone. Sure. Um, so my grandmother lived with us for uh, several years after my mom and dad divorced and, um, she read her Bible every day and I'm privileged to have her Bible with all her handwritten notes. And, um, see all the notes there. It's, uh, it just makes me feel close to her every time. And I'm just going to read a couple of verses, but, um, the, this, she had a plaque hanging in her house. And then in our house, it's called the house by the side of the road. There are hermit souls that live withdrawn in the place of their self-content. There are souls like stars that dwell apart in a fellowless firmament. There are pioneer souls that blaze their paths where highways never ran. But let me live in a house by the side of the road and be a friend to man. Let me live in a house by the side of the road where the race of men go by, the men who are good and the men who are bad, as good and as bad as I. I would not sit in the scorner's seat or hurl the cynic's ban, but let me live in a house by the side of the road and be a friend to man. There's several more verses, but you get it. Wow. What a beautiful posture of joyful hospitality. That sounds like you, Linda. <laughs> well, I grew up with that, so... Linda, I appreciate you sharing yourself with us today and part of your own story and your calling in life and ministry. Um, I hope, and I know others who hear this will be inspired not only by the work you are doing, but by all that you've shared today. And I wonder if I could impose on you to pray for us as we close our time. Sure. Precious Father, um, we just give you our thanks for being in a place where we can welcome people we can welcome people into our lives. We can welcome people into our building and we can seek people outside in our community. Just give us the guidance and the strength to let people see you in everything we do, being a role model for living as Christ in our community. Bless each one of our members and our guests as we end this uh, time of Lent in a few weeks and await the Christ being risen. Thank you for everything we have and guide us in our path. In Christ's name, amen. 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 Thank you, Linda. Sure. It's good to be with you. It's good to be with everyone. And we'll see everyone again next week. Next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Linting from Lent brought to you by Shambly Methodist Church. Uh, there'll be a new episode that'll drop every Wednesday between now and Easter. So be sure and check back and listen in. And there's also some other things you can do to be a part of this conversation. Stacy, what else can they do? Well, if you want to know more about Because of This, I Rejoice, either the book, or if you want to keep the discussion going with a small group at Shambly UMC, you can check out our episode notes and click on the link. Be sure and come back next Wednesday and pick up in this conversation about how we're discovering joy this Lent season. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.